All right, welcome again, everybody, to another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. I'm Phil, joined by Logan and John. Today is episode number 87 already. On today's episode, we will be discussing woodworking around your home and whether your woodworking makes a statement or not. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Magazine. Woodsmith Magazine has been the trusted source for all your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques to furniture projects to shop projects, you'll find it all at Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com. First of all, I was wondering, in light of some of the projects that John has been working on recently, to discuss the connection or disconnection between woodworking and home ownership and where, where that line is and go. <laughs> I mean, this begs the question to, uh, there's a distinction between woodworking and home improvement. In my mind. Yeah. Okay. And generally the type of stuff I do around my house is home improvement type stuff, not necessarily reworking type stuff. Right. I mean, yeah, there's some, I mean weird... like texturing a wall. Yeah. Obviously. Unless you're tex texturing it with sawdust, then it's like, <laughs> is it woodworking? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a fine line. Yeah. But you've built, freestanding furniture for your house too. So oh, yeah, I mean, it has yeah, to do with which... home ownership. I mean, well, you're yeah, not going to have you... a huge dining table if you're homeless. No, but, but you maybe. could be building that for somebody else. That's right? true. That's true. So like, I guess, let's say a deck remodel. So say you're rebuilding a deck on mm -hmm. your house. Would you consider that woodworking or would you consider that home improvement? I think I would consider it both you're, if you're working with wood. I mean, it's yeah. not necessarily always like fine woodworking. You're more like cutting pieces and screwing them down and composite decking. But like, as a, as a no woodworker, wood <laughs> as a woodworker, the skills that you learn in making a dining table, there is going to be some spillover in making a deck, right? Mm, okay. I'm listening. <laughs> I, I want to see where it goes. <laughs> I'm well, listening. He, here's my thing is if you are a woodworker and have built a number of furniture pieces, I'm, I'm surmising or going to posit that a deck you build is going to be of higher quality and perf and look better than if you're not a woodworker. Fully knowing that somebody who is not a woodworker can build an excellent deck, just like somebody who is a woodworker could obsess over a deck that will look great for approximately one season, and then we'll have had too many, key, too many finicky bits on it that will fail with a full round of seasonal changes and sunshine and mm -hmm. you know, like if you're going to try and French polish your deck, then you need some help. 
But on the other hand, being able to fit mitered molding around case pieces is going to help you cut and be more aware of getting cleaner cuts and tighter fitting board connections, even on a deck. I guess I approach home projects with a different mindset. It's a home project. I'm going to slap that SOB together. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I I mean, so I don't know. Well, I'm not saying that you're going to, you know, that you're going to cut bird mouth joints to frame a wall or something like that so that you have these V-shaped dados that studs fit into. You're more aware. what, What you're saying is you are more aware of accuracy needs. Right. Stemming from your woodworking. Yeah. See, I differ from Logan where it's like I'm building a deck and I'm like grain matching and taking into consideration where knots might be and lining up all the screws and measuring so they're all the same distance from the edge and they're all lined up. And that's where I'm going. It's like, no way. Yeah. When we, that was, I, that was yeah. my softball to John. That yes. was, and it was like, the last thing I built was uh, for like a deck was like a 10 by 10, just cedar deck. And it was get it all done and got the finish on it. And it's like telling the kids not to walk on it with their dirty shoes. And, and, mm-hmm. but you're right. It lasted a season and now right. it's six years or 10 years, however long it's been, it's gray and scratched up. And so do right. you now feel silly for spending that time on it? No, no, okay. I, I want to like bring in the floor sander and repolish it. Uh-huh, <laughs> you can't, uh-huh. Dirk bought it. Yeah, <laughs> and I got to rent it from Dirk. <laughs> See, I so what you did though, John, is you laid out all the deck boards on top and then shuffled them back and forth yes. to find ones where you had like an even progression mm-hmm. of coloring. So it's not like dark cedar, dark cedar, sappy wood one, dark cedar, dark, you know, you put them together. Right. So yes. there's, yeah. Oh yeah. There's uh-huh. definitely consideration in all of that. Right. See, I think now this could be different and I could be, I don't do this, but I think if I was building it for somebody else, then my approach would be more like John's. Okay. But for my, uh, I mean, we're talking about home ownership, right? Mm-hmm. If I was going to like strip off my deck, put new decking on it. Mm, nope. It's probably gonna be hot out. I'm probably gonna be pissed off because my mm-hmm. wife has been harping at me to get it done. So I'm just going to zip it together. I mean, yeah. it will be built structurally. There'll be no different it will functionally and structurally be no different than one John would build. Right. Mm-hmm. From the approach. I'm not, I'm not talking about clipping corners or anything. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about, I'm not matching anything. I'm not measuring it out. It's a deck. I'm right. screwing it down. So I hit those joists and that's it. Right. Cause um, in a year, like, I mean, we said in a year, you're not going to yeah. care. You're not going to be looking at the screws and all that. Now, stuff. I will say being a woodworker has sped up some of my home improvement projects. 
in the sense that um, when we, what was I doing? Well, okay, so this was in the camper, but same type of thing goes, and I've done it around my house in some areas. Uh, quarter up, uh, installing quarter round on a flooring. Sure. Right. So uh, between base and floor, just quarter round shoe molding, whatever you call it. Um, in the past, I probably would have broken out the miter saw, set it up for forty five degree cuts. Mm-mm. My my pull saw and a pull saw miter box, I can. I can trim out a room with cord round 10 times faster than running back and forth to a miter saw. Sure. So there are, I mean, there's some skill sets like that, that I think make my, um, home improvement projects faster. Right. Now I think as a woodworker, it being a woodworker owning a home, you, I think see some things that you can do and projects you can do to improve your home. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, built-ins are kind of an obvious thing, uh, right. you know, doing some, you know, casework built-ins. Um, I've built a handful of cabinets for our house, like my wife's office. Um, and uh, our front door is, we have like a mahogany entryway, uh, the front door and stuff. Uh, it didn't come with a screen door, so I built a screen door you know, drawboard tenons on it, it's mahogany uh, matches, stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't a woodworker. Right. So, yeah. But I mean, even something, if you were to like your house is new, so it's not quite the same, but if you were to change the trim work in the room of you know, say your living room, you know, like a few years ago, I put up crown molding in our living room because it was a mid-century house, just it didn't have anything. So even though it's painted crown, you know, I feel like as a woodworker, that job went better and easier because of my woodworking abilities than if I weren't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. You know, or if you were to finish out a basement and put in, uh, you know, put in an extra room downstairs or something like that, you know, putting in casing and base molding and all that kind of stuff, you would do, you would be more likely to do a better job as a woodworker than you were. And it does that qualify then as woodworking, say trimming out a room. Mm Mm-hmm. See, I make a, in my opinion, and this is just me, I make a pretty hard distinction between trim carpentry and woodworking. I mean, I I, I understand. Would you do that? uh, Is that simply because of professional? um, Because I I can see that different being as a profession. But if you're not doing it as a profession... Are they fundamentally that different? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you're working and it's wood, it's technically woodworking. <laughs> oh god, this is going to be a terrible podcast because we're all walking away hating each other. <laughs> just, just like all of them. <laughs> this is a typical week. Yeah. See, okay. What people don't know is that after the podcast is over, John Logan and I just don't talk to each other for the rest of the day, right? Yeah. And then we can cool off and come back and. Mm-hmm. See, I guess I, 
to me, fundamental woodworking is creating something from scratch out of wood. Are you really doing that as a, I'm going to say a trim carpenter? You are taking an existing trim, an existing structure, and applying stuff to it. It's the intarsia of the construction. Oh, oh you played <laughs> yeah, that I one. I did. I mean, because, and I only say this because, and I know, I know this isn't exactly what you're asking, but I know trim carpenters that could not build a cabinet. They're phenomenal trim carpenters and they trim out, you know, million dollar houses. Right. But if I said, hey, build me a sleigh bed, they'd be like, yeah, where's my air nailer? But But that's just all different kinds of woodworking. It's like a cabinet maker may not be any good on a lathe, but those are just both woodworkers. They're just not doing the same. If you ask that same question to Jimmy Clues, would he do that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because he would be like, I don't know how to turn a sleigh bed. I don't know that I would consider him a woodworker. Wow. I mean, I consider him a a turner. So a woodworker, do they have to be a general, like a a furniture maker? Furniture maker. Furniture maker or just somebody that can do all the things or like what is a woodworker then? Yeah, I'm going to say furniture maker. Okay. I I guess to me. In my head, I make the distinction as a woodworker, as a furniture maker. Okay. Now, (laughs) I say this tongue-in-cheek because, yes, by (laughs) definition, if you are doing something with wood, you're a woodworker. However, I think it is better served to distinguish those. See, so you're, you're one of those where it's like your mom tells you not to run through the house. And you go booking through the house, and you're like, "I wasn't running; I was, I was sprinting. I was, <laughs> I was fast walking." Yeah. yeah, I think it's like you're saying all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. It's like maybe I, f- I feel like he's small tenting us. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no, I'm just what I'm trying to. I don't know. It, it's just a weird. Like I wasn't expecting this. I did not prepare for this. <laughs> so these are the best Logan's ones. Logan's being attacked. Yeah, no, I feel like it's a better distinguishment if you say, I guess if I go up to somebody and say, hey, are you a woodworker? And they say, yes, I'm expecting that they are a furniture builder. If I go up to somebody and say, hey, are you a woodworker? And they say, no, I'm a wood turner. To me, that would be like, oh, okay. Like, that makes sense. But you guys are saying, you would argue with them and say, no, you're not a wood turner. You're a woodworker. So then on that no, line. I of, would say that they're a woodworker that specializes in turning. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Same then on thing that, that I would. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say on that line of thinking is someone that goes and buys dimensional lumber and pocket screws them together to make a bench more of a woodworker than uh, someone that like Jimmy Clues that can make a fancy multi-part turned bowl or something. Cause no, they built the, the one person built the worker. Built. It's like, I'm not a football player. I'm right. a quarterback. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm not a football player. I'm a kicker. Yeah. 
I, uh, it's hard. It's brutal. <laughs> I did not drink enough coffee this morning for this. I'm going to channel, channel my inner um, 20th century philosopher, Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy, and say, <laughs> if you have ever used a profile router bit on a uh like a something like a deck like on a two by four for a deck you're probably a woodworker doing That's, diy work see i would i would yes i'm not gonna disagree with that because i've done that on a like on the playhouse and stuff i've yeah. used a profiled router bit i on two I by will, fours yeah. treated lumber i will mm-hmm. i will say i think getting back to phil's original question i think that as woodworkers you will generally apply more attention to detail and be more cognizant of what you're doing, doing home improvement projects. Right. Right. And I think inherently. So there's two separate questions there that are easy to, and and it's just fun sometimes to poke the bear. So (laughs) it's fun to watch Logan squirm. (laughs) I'm not squirming. I just am. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You were yeah. throwing off your back foot. Is that what? That's what you were doing. Yeah, I was making a Tua Tagovailoa throw, right off the back foot, right into the Patriots' defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think Logan mentioned earlier. It's definitely the 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 crossover. I think comes at built-ins, like built-in cabinets and stuff, because those usually are something that could have been a freestanding piece of furniture. They just happen to be attached to your house, so right, then that yeah. becomes a home improvement project. So that's well, and yeah, I was saying to be fair, like the trim carpenters I had in my house, um, they were phenomenal. Like, I think that I and actually they built some, like, they did some built ins, but one of them built a um, off site, built a, a vent hood for my above my stove. Sure. Um, like, to me, it's like, yeah, that's woodworking. <sighs> I don't know. See, I guess I, I grouped those type of crim, trim carpenters. Were you going to say criminals? Of, I was going to say criminals. <laughs> the crim, crim carpenters, the trim carpenters. Yeah. I, I grouped those type of guys into the, let's call it cabinet maker category, mm-hmm. like custom cabinet maker. Yeah. Okay. Which I think is very much woodworking. All right. I mean, I see the trim carpenters as the guys that are in there hanging doors, trimming out windows, hanging and setting the windows. You know what I mean? Like, I guess. Right. Okay. I can see. Yeah. It's so, it's somebody that can be more, a little more creative than just putting up trim in a door. That's yes. standard stuff that they can kind of go off script and use yeah. their skills to make something beyond just the trim or installing yeah, right. something. So, to piggyback on this argument, do, if you hand somebody that's never touched a tool before, you hand them a router with a bit, you show them how to use it, and they route an edge on a tabletop, are they a woodworker? Technically, or okay, are they just doing the act of woodworking and becoming a woodworker is a longer journey? I think... Uh, doing the act of woodworking yes. 
a person that is doing the act of woodworking is a woodworker, and technically, <laughs> technically speaking, and woodworking is always philosophically woodworking. Like this all of a sudden, got weird. Yeah, you're always on a journey of being a woodworker. Right. You never stop learning, Logan. Uh, yeah. You're never I, done. I guess I look at it as, uh, you know, John and I both have kids that recently learned how to drive. Yes. At what point are they drivers? Like after right. the first time they've been behind the wheel, you know, like once they pass their driver's license test, you know, the state of Iowa says that they're a good driver, but are they a good driver? <laughs> right. You know, it's, yeah. you know, they're, they're a competent, they're competent drivers, but they're not the same as somebody who has driven for 10 years you know, and they're, they're not the same driver that they were eight months ago. Okay. So are you saying that there are incompetent woodworkers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to beat you now. You've, you've, you've answered customer service questions around here. I, yes, so. I have. Yes. So I, I will say that if if you somebody who hasn't ever used a tool, you show them how to use a router, they pass a bit across a workpiece. They've done some woodworking, yes, but I would say that they probably aren't a woodworker until they pick that up as something that they want to begin pursuing. See, I was going to say I would make the distinction that somebody is a woodworker. I'm, I'm not including professional life in this. So like if you, if you do custom cabinet, you know, I would consider a woodworker. I would consider somebody a woodworker if that is what they pursue in their free time. Okay. Is that, is that a valid distinction you think? I think like so. If, yeah. if somebody says, Hey, I got two hours free. I can go in my shop for two hours and that's what they choose to do. I would consider them a woodworker. Yeah. I would agree with that. Okay. All right. I'll give so, you that. One win today. Yes. <laughs> if you're scoring at home, that is one point for Logan. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I, I guess I just. I, and, and I wasn't trying to stir the pot no, really with no, it. It was I, just more of a. I don't. Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I'm not trying to imply that the woodworking community is an elitist community. That's not the case at all. I just think that there is a, in my mind, this is completely my own objective opinion, is that there is a distinction between many types of woodworking and what most people would consider a woodworker. Yes, I can, I would agree with that, but I would also argue that that perhaps is unfairly biased by how they grew, uh, what their experience in woodworking is. Yes. Because I would think that there are people that, you know, if they grew up in their exposure to woodworking centered around carving mm -hmm. or home improvement projects, you know, something beyond like trim work or something like that, where mm -hmm. it was, you know, built-ins and arbors and that kind of stuff or turning even that they would have a, that your bias would be towards that as being what woodworking is. 
I could see that. I could see that. As opposed to, you know, and I think it also has something to do with what you've been exposed to in the sense that we see Norm Abrams as a woodworker and that's what we view woodworking as because on his show for how long he built a wide variety of furniture-ish mm-hmm. pieces. So, I don't know. That's just something that I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, conversation kind of reminds me of a uh, funny story. I was at uh, my sister. We were having a garage sale at my sister's house. And my sister, I would not consider a woodworker. She likes to um, find old pieces of furniture that on the curb and maybe fix them up or turn them into something else. But, you know... Like you with a DIYer that is competent with tools, but not yeah. that's going to make anything fancy or build a piece of furniture from scratch. And we were at this garage sale, and she had some of these curb fine furniture pieces, or you know, just getting rid of furniture. And I think I also had had some woodworking books there for sale, and somebody came over and was uh, buying one of these woodworking books, and. The person asked my brother-in-law, so, oh, who's the woodworker of the family? And he's like, oh, that's my wife. She, you know, and I'm like, dude, I'm standing right here. <laughs> like, I am technically a professional woodworker, and you're saying that your wife, my sister, is the woodworker of the family? It's offensive. Uh, it's offensive. That's funny. That's like saying I'm the butter sculptor of the family. Right. Yeah. So. Well, and not I, I don't want I don't want anything I'm saying to come across that like there are many levels of woodworkers. Mm-hmm. There right. are master woodworkers, there are woodworkers that tear pallets apart and screw stuff together with pocket screw. To me that's still woodworking. If that's what you're doing in your free time as your hobby, that's woodworking. Yeah. I just I mean, we need to find the we need to find the wood turning community and ask them. Are you guys do you guys consider yourself woodworkers? Woodworkers. Okay. Do does the art the the intarsia community consider themselves woodworkers, or do the carving communities? We need to see what they self-identify mm-hmm. as, right? Because we can't label them. Right. Them. That's not fair. Only they can label themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, do you do you identify as a woodworker? That is the question. Yes. Yeah. That so. is the question. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, I. Yeah. So there's the poll question for the YouTube comments and email. So if you want to email woodsmith at woodsmith.com or on our YouTube channel in the comments section, how would you describe your woodworking? I'm a woodworker because I fill in the blank, hmm. tear pallets apart and make mountain sculptures and wall hangings and stuff like that or whatever. Yeah, Let me know. I'm curious. I'm not trying to mm-hmm. set so, levels or anything yeah. because I I I would like to think that, and I'm sure that I have my own biases. Also, knowing my own biases towards Intarsia, <laughs> but I feel like uh, we're going to get canceled by the Intarsia community. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All of Phil's opinions are his own. Yeah. <laughs> Logan's, on the other hand, are his opinions and Matt Cremona's, who is sponsoring him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let's get really on brand here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Please direct yeah, your so, hate to Matt Cremona. Yeah. 
and there's, I mean, there's another side of this is the maker community, right? Sure. I don't think most people in that space, and I don't consider myself in that space at all. I would consider that most of them don't consider themselves woodworkers. I would say most of them consider themselves makers, right? Right. Yeah, because it's a much more general term on materials. Yeah, and like they just like making stuff. Right. It doesn't it could be matter if it's wood 3D or 3D printed or yeah. plastic or right. wood or metal or... So I, I sometimes wonder if maker, you know, woodworker centers around the material that we use. And I feel like maker ends up focusing on process. Yeah. And the material can swap out. You mm -hmm. know, they'll do a, a CNC topographical, you know, map of some favorite campground or something like that one day. And then the next day they'll do something out of acrylic or 3d printing something or whatever. Yeah. So would you say if somebody built a piece of furniture out of UHMW or whatever, would you consider them woodworker? No, no. Okay. Cause it's not wood. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair. Yeah. yeah, that's the one topic that also stirs the pot is people that use CNCs yeah. right. to make wooden things, could be furniture or whatever. That always seems to be to upset traditional woodworkers that that's not woodworking. And Yeah. But I don't know. No judgments out of me, however you get it done. Yeah. And that's well, what I'd like to think too, because I think it's – it usually comes from the fact that you're just not familiar with what the process is, because I think a lot of there's a quite a number of people who have written in ever since we did a CNC article in shop notes years and years ago, where, you know, it's, you know, people who think CNC woodworking is essentially like shift credenza, you know, and then that's all, that's what gets Right. Pooped out of the machine. Yeah. And there's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah. You still need to know basic woodworking joinery or materials or, you know, all that stuff to input it into a computer. And then there's more work after all the parts are cut out. It's just right. a tool to get things done faster or more of it or yeah, whatnot. So, well, you know, I think at the end of the day, like, the labels don't really matter. Like it's whether can you build it or can you not? Mm -hmm. Right. Do you have the skills or do you not? Um, so I, I don't know. That's why I was taken off guard. <laughs> this question. It's like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, do I care or do we care if somebody has subscribed to Woodsmith for, 45 years since day one issue one but has never picked up a tool mm -hmm. like no i mean not really i mean I, I hope they learn something and enjoy what they read mm -hmm. right um yeah. i mean same same thing like i don't really care if the maker community subscribes to popwood or woodsmith i mean as long as they enjoy what they read the labels don't mm -hmm. really matter yeah yeah. So. Yeah. I feel like I was kind of that way at a 
time in my life where it was between high school shop class and I had the opportunity to be making more stuff and before I got into my professional career and had access to tools that I was a subscriber to woodworking magazines and I was interested in all that, but I wasn't necessarily active, an active woodworker because I didn't have the opportunity or tools or space. So yeah, there's definitely a segment of the, our subscribers that are um, interested in it, but don't aren't actively participating. So and then you have the people that are practicing woodworkers and then like me, the people that have perfected it. <laughs> You're like, no, I've seen your work. I, I, to be honest, John, I think you're one of our best woodworkers we have on staff. <sighs> Cause oh I'm God. good at hiding the mistakes. Right. <laughs> or just, just making them into a feature. That's when you become a good woodworker. Is you still make the mistakes, you just make them into a feature of... It's a, des it's a design, design element. Yeah, it's a design element. <laughs> the like, Microsoft approach. To why is there an inlaid bow tie in the middle of that cutting board? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Right, yeah. because I made a mistake with a router right there. And then <laughs> well, and it went like, too deep. It's funny because, I mean, you know, we're we're talking about that but then we have we do have and there are a lot of i don't know what to call them knowledge mongers i guess like and i kind of i kind of fall into that group in a lot of things like you guys know i have had a lot of different hobbies yeah throughout my life <laughs> and there are people that will literally just research the crap out of something and you know for all uh, intensive purposes. They know all the processes. They know everything. Like there are people that could write woodworking books that have no hands-on practical experience. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's more an academic type of knowledge at that point versus practical hands-on experience. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just, I know uh, there are many editors in the woodworking publication world that may not necessarily be woodworkers, but they know the lingo because they've found themselves in that position. Right. Woodworking academia. Yes. Yeah. The woodworking academia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which brings me to my second point is, do you feel, and this is something that I've Do you feel like your woodworking makes a statement? Hmm. About yourself or um, to the general public? Sure. To the general public. Could be about yourself hmm. because I just, I feel like I've been kind of bumping into different uh, types of woodworkers who view their involvement in the hobby as some form of I don't know some form of statement against, either for or against a particular cultural value you know like I use hand tools to oh. stick it to the industrial 
technological complex that is our modern age or something like that. I feel like my woodworking projects make a statement that I have expensive taste that I can't afford. So I build it instead. <laughs> yeah. It's kind yeah, of I what would, I have. I would. Yeah. When it comes to like the hand tool versus power tool versus CNC, I am of the personality trait that I don't care. I just want to get it done. If I have to pick up a screwdriver and use it as a chisel, I don't care. Or if I had to use, pick up a chisel and use it as a screwdriver. A screwdriver. Yeah. It's like, I just want to get it done. It may not be the right way or a good way or a safe way. I do my best, but I'm just yeah. trying to get it done. So no judgments out of me of how anyone else gets things done. It's all about the, the end product. So. Yeah. I would say that I enjoy woodworking and I've found elements in the work that I do and in the process that I choose to do things that do make statements, but I'm not doing it primarily to make some kind of a call to action or a stand of protest for something. I, You're a I've woodworking woodworking flexitarian right mm -hmm. yeah and, I, and i've and i know that i've expressed biases before on stuff and probably will continue just being a flawed human that i am but i would like to think that you know that yeah there are things i have a value that says i like to make things to create something with my hands to learn skills and in doing so puts me in opposition to some things, but the opposition is not my primary, primary more approach there. Personal per, uh, preference than yeah. making a statement of how it should be for everyone. Yeah. And I, and I totally know that I live within a certain amount of paradox on that because I really like doing hand cut joinery whether it's mortises more mortise and tenon stuff or dovetails or whatever. However, you know, like I'm working on a video project, making the sled that Dylan did for a recent issue of Woodsmith. Um, there's a bunch of tenons on there that I wanted to hand cut, but it was in Hickory and I needed it to look good for camera and also to be done quickly so that the film crew isn't just kind of standing around cooling their heels. So I cut a bunch of tenon cheeks on the bandsaw. Um, so it's like, it's just how it is, mm -hmm. you know, like the tenons worked out fine. And my recent efforts in trying to improve my handsaw skills made me a better bandsaw. Sawyer, bandsawyer. So, yeah. See, I guess from that standpoint, like I get what you're saying. There are people that kind of put, turn their nose up because they're hand tool purists. And, you know, I mean, like there's been that, like that crowd, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to me, like, I don't know if, 
if I was not here at Woodsmith and Popwood, and I was, I mean, I would be doing as much woodworking as I do today. Um, I do woodworking for myself. I do it because I feel good about making something out of wood. Like that's, that's right. what I do. So like the approaches I take, the processes I do, the tools I use, they're for me. They're not for anybody else. Everybody else can, you know what? Uh, <laughs> no, what? <laughs> Beep. I don't have a dump button on here. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, but the, I use hand tools because I enjoy the connection to the past and I like how the wood reacts with them. And I like how I can get a true precision fit with hand tools that I feel like it's harder to get with power tools, you know, like fitting a, a tenon to me. Yeah. We rough cut it on the table saw, the bandsaw, whatever, grab a rabbit plane or a shoulder plane and fine tune the fit, you know, to me, that's the best way to do it for me. Um, so I guess, I don't know. I, I've never, in any approach I've ever taken, I've never just tried to make a statement to make a statement. It's like, I don't care that much what other people think. Sure. So it's why I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. Cause I don't care what people think. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care what you think either. Right. <laughs> I mean, the enough. dolphins, the dolphins. Yeah. Don't care what you yeah. Think. <laughs> no, I was just kind of curious. Cause like I said, I've just kind of bumped into it. And mm -hmm. unfortunately I'm probably going to be, painting a little bias here, but I see it a lot with the hand tool crowd mm -hmm. that it's like, you know, okay. you should be using hand tools to stick it to the planned obsolescence of industrial tool manufacturers. Right. And, you know, like we're not trying to be factories. We're humans who are making things and, right. you know, like, but then why, why are you driving a car then? Why don't you go ride a horse or walk? Yeah. or any of the things that make life easier. But then it's like, it's not just hand tools. You can't use metal planes because those are industrial. You should really be using wood planes and, you know, you shouldn't be using boards that you buy at the lumber yard. You should be getting green lumber from stuff that you split in your own lumber yard or timber lot. And see, and I like I understand, and this kind of goes back to where we were talking about earlier with somebody like that. That is a you know they're riving their own lumber, they're drying their own. Are they would they consider themselves more of a woodworker than anybody else? <laughs> I don't know. Like I, it just is. I don't know. It's it's just is it's a it's fascinating. The moral of the story is don't give a heard of what anybody else thinks <laughs> do what you like you right know? and i look at it as my role then in the position that i have is i just want people to if they so choose to experience the same kind of satisfaction that i feel in making something mm -hmm. and i will encourage somebody to do it in a variety of ways whether it's you know building a cabinet with plywood and pocket screws or, you know, doing a hand cut joinery class where you make a tool tote and it only looks 
super cool when it's fully painted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, ultimately I, I agree. Like I don't know, I've said it before. I will never ever dissuade somebody from picking up a tool and doing and building something. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if it's on the lathe. I don't care if it's a scroll saw making art in Tarja. Like if you're doing something with your hands and you're building something that makes you feel good. Great. Yeah. As long as you're not hacking up a body, that's not great. <laughs> okay, this took a dark turn. <laughs> well, I think yeah, make that distinction. Like, right? Don't pick up a chainsaw and hack somebody up. But you pick yeah, up a chainsaw. That... You pick up a chainsaw and do some tree carving. Like that would be cool. The tree was alive too, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like the old deep fair. thoughts said, if if trees could scream, would be we would. Would we be so cavalier to cut them down? I think we would if they screamed all the time for no good reason. <laughs> be cutting them down left and right. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway, to dial it back just a little bit, one of the things I was thinking is that when I write articles and when we pitch articles for the magazine where it's, like you're doing an article on, say, let's just keep with the tenon theme. You know, you can show a technique article on cutting tenons at the table saw, tenons at the router table, bandsaw, hand cut tenons or whatever. You know, be able to talk about that technique on its own merits without necessarily having to compare it to another one or feeling like you have to disparage another approach subtly yeah. or not so subtly, you know, cause I felt like in the past I've done that and pitched articles and had people say, well, why not just do it at the table saw? It's like, well, I'm not, you know, or that the, I'm not talking about the table saw. My article doesn't mention why you wouldn't be doing this at the table saw, you know, like maybe you would show it at the router table because you have your table saw set up for something else. Like, no, maybe I just want to do it at the router table. Maybe you're mixing it up. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, I guess I, I do understand that though, because like we all have our own bias on how we have done stuff as unbiased as we try to, be you have probably one thing you try you you probably have a technique that you're more comfortable with so that's kind of what you've come to know and learn mm-hmm. right um so i mean i get it but yeah i feel like uh working here and uh building the projects for the tv show for all the years has definitely helped me get outside of that um that groove of I've I design furniture this way. I'm build it this way. These are things I do. Cause it's like forced, like you have to build this project. You have to build it this way that we said was going to be built in the magazine. So then it's like, I got to do different yeah. things and get outside that comfort zone. And, and it's definitely like, Oh yeah, I can do this or I can, you know, do it this way. Or, um, what was it? The, uh, the green and green, um, what, what do we do that? Uh, the hall table, it's like season oh, yeah. 12. Yeah. I remember when Steve was originally building that and all the detail and looking at it and it's like, I will never be able to build a project like that watching him. And then 
we chose to do that for season 12 of the show. And it's like, well, I guess I'm doing that now. And <laughs> so definitely forced to, to learn different things and, and go outside the techniques and styles that I would prefer. So, yeah, it's, it, but, I, I mean, definitely, I recommend that for people. It's just yeah. like, try something outside your comfort zone. And see, that's, that's the thing that always, if there's anything in woodworking that bothers me as much as intarsia bothers Phil, it's, <laughs> it, it sends him into a rage. <laughs> it's, it's that it's when somebody looks at a project and says, God, I could never build that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, no, How do you know, that's not true because everything, everything breaks down into just simple steps. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that there's any any type of furniture piece or any type of technique that is extremely hard to do. It is all simple <clears throat> steps. Some of them take more care than others, but they're all everything breaks down into simple steps. Yeah. You know, like it's all just making pieces of wood fit together. You know, like People say, oh, look at that huge Mark tree piece that David Marks did. It's like, yeah, but it's just making thin pieces of wood fit into other pieces of wood. I mean, it's not that, don't get me wrong, it just takes a lot of skill. And some of these people are extremely and, talented and have dedicated their lives to, to being able to do this, but. And well-practiced. And well-practiced. Uh, but at the root of it all, it all breaks down to some simple steps. Yeah. So. All right. Mission accomplished. My blood pressure is so high now. <laughs> anyway, I'd love to hear anybody else's comments on that. Send us your questions, comments, and smart remarks. You can do that at woodsmith at woodsmith.com or on the comment section on our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode of the Shop Notes podcast. Uh, feel free to subscribe to the podcast if you don't already at all the available podcast places. Uh, you can also find the show notes page on our website, woodsmith.com slash podcasts. And we look forward to talking again with you next time on the Shop Notes podcast. Bye, everybody. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Plans. You'll find nearly a thousand plans covering everything that you'd want to build. From furniture projects to gift projects, kitchen accessories, workshop projects and jigs, and more. Find your next project at woodsmithplans.com.